Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, including special guest Keith Law. He's the co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Seton Motley will be uh, joining us as well. He's the president of Less Government. And Bill Barnett, former mayor of Naples, always gives us insight into what's happening here locally on this very chilly uh, Paradise Coast. I think it's 50 degrees right now. It's very cold. It is February the 1st, and on this day in 1861, Texas became the seventh state to secede from the Union when a state convention voted 166 to 8 in favor of the measure. The Texans, who voted to leave the Union, uh, did so over the objections of their governor, Sam Houston, a staunch Unionist. Uh, Houston's election in 1859 as governor seemed to indicate that Texas did not share the rising secessionist sentiments of the other southern states. However, events swayed many Texans to the secessionist cause. John Brown's raid on the Federal Armory at Harper's Ferry, Virginia, in October of 1879 had raised the specter of a major insurrection of enslaved people, and the ascendant Republican Party made many uh, Texans uneasy about the continuing in the Union. After Abraham's election, Abraham Lincoln's election to the presidency in November 1860, pressure mounted on Houston to call a convention so that Texas consider uh, secession. He did so reluctantly in January 1861 and sat in silence on February the 1st as the convention voted overwhelmingly in favor of secession. Houston grumbled that the uh, Texans were stilling the voice of reason and he predicted an ignoble defeat for the South. Houston refused to take an oath of allegiance to the Confederacy and was replaced in March of 1861 by his lieutenant governor. Texas move uh, move completed the first round of secession. Seven states, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Texas, left the Union before Lincoln took office. Four more states, Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Arkansas, waited until the formal start of the Civil War with the April 1861 firing at Fort Sumter, Charleston, South Carolina, before deciding to leave the Union. The remaining states, which were uh, slavery, was legal, included Delaware, Maryland, Kentucky, and Missouri, never mustered the necessary majority for secession from the Union. Well, Texas has put up razor wire, as we all know, and uh, buoys around the Rio Grande River to deter migrants from crossing. Governor Abbott has also sent migrants to Democrat-led cities and signed a law allowing state officials to arrest undocumented immigrants. It's led to the Biden administration to take Texas to court. Last week, uh, South the, uh, the Supreme Court of the United States told Texas it had to take down the razor wire, which Texas has said it won't do. So far, 25 Republican governors are backing Abbott in the border standoff with Biden. Meanwhile, the immigration fight has spilled over into Congress. Yesterday, a bipartisan House committee voted in, uh, to forward move forward with both articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. 
The uh, GOP accuses him of mishandling the border, making false statements to Congress. Now the full House could vote on articles in days. It's unclear if there's enough support in the House to impeach, with Republicans only having a slim majority, but I believe there's Democrats that are going to vote for this, so it may pass. If the articles advance past the lower chamber, Mayorkas will be one step closer, becoming the first cabinet secretary to be impeached in nearly 150 years. Well, uh, we're still talking about Texas here. Seceding from the Union, now we're talking about the problems on the border today. Well, nearly 10,000 border patrol agents eligible for retirement by 2028 and uh, static recruitment numbers threaten to undermine the future to secure the southern border, even as its current immigration crisis escalates. By 2028, a total of 9,828 current border agents will be eligible for retirement, according to the numbers provided to the transport dive by the uh, Customs and Border Protection official. The agency, which has been plagued by recruitment shortfalls for the years, says it's preparing to deal with the fallout of even a fraction of the eligible agents to retire on schedule. And by the way, agency uh, police requires a Border Patrol officer to retire when he or she reaches 57 years of age and has 20 years of law enforcement officer service. Custom and Border Patrol did not share the size of this cohort uh, after inquiries, but did share that the agencies work to improve recruitment numbers to address the ongoing recruitment challenges and remain competitive with other law enforcement organizations. Uh, the Customs Border Patrol is now offering $20,000 recruitment incentive for all newly appointed Border Patrol agents who successfully complete the academy and three years of service. Another 10000 will be paid if the agent accepts a remote location, she continued. <clears throat> the union has been uh, critical of the Biden administration warden policy. The union decried mass releases of immigrants into the country and blames Biden for the surge of immigrants crossing the border. The union also uh, explicitly called for former President Donald Trump to be elected for the second time in 2024 over incumbent uh, President Biden. So problems on the border, they continue. And of course, while carrying out the impeachment of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas, House Republicans argue that President Biden and his administration already have the authority to fix much of the problems at the border, but are instead deferring to a divided Congress to pass a compromise bill. Biden said, I'm not kidding, he really said this. I've done all I can do. (laughs) Just give me the power. I've asked for that from the very first day I got into office. My goodness, he can tell a tale, can he? The 81-year-old president told reporters at the White House lawn that as he departed for a fundraising jaunt in South Florida, according to the New York Post, uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson retorted by uh, writing on X that uh, it's it's simply untrue. He's either lying or misinformed. Challenging Biden's assertion that without more authority, his hands are tied. But Johnson said, here are just a few of the authorities at his disposal. If we had just used them, uh, presidential authority to restrict entry, expedited removal, uh, discretionary detention authority, mandatory detention. Uh, He wrote on X, no more excuses, he concluded. When Biden took office, he ended many uh, Trump-era border policies through executive orders, including the Remain in Mexico policy, which required the asylum seekers who arrive at the U.S.-Mexico border to wait until in Mexico while their case makes it the way through the uh, U.S. court system. He also halted construction or additional physical barriers at the border. Uh, 
There have been a record number of suspected terrorists encountered at the southern border under Biden. Thompson was asked if he was concerned that migrants with criminal histories are getting into the U.S. border. He said, well, my uh, understanding is that to the extent resources allow that we're doing all we can to check, there's not, there's not no 100%, but from my vantage point, they're doing the best job they can, he said. That is President Biden and his position on things. What do I need? He says more money, more resources. And uh, Johnson, the Speaker of the House, says, uh, you know what? You got all you need. You can just do the, and reincorporate the things that you stopped doing uh, when you became president that were happening on the border under former President Donald Trump. Well, uh, Senator Rick Scott of Florida has opened, uh, openly criticized Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell over his stance on a proposed border security deal. In a recent op-ed, Scott accuses McConnell of straying from the Republican Party's core values and views, uh, particularly those concerning border security and aid funding. McConnell, known for his staunch support of Ukraine amidst Russian aggression, has indicated he would back additional funds for Ukraine if they are accompanied by an effective policy changes at the U.S.-Mexico border. This viewpoint has spurred contention within the GOP, creating a rift between McConnell and other influential Republicans, including former President Donald Trump, who holds contrasting perspectives on the matter. Uh, Scott argues that the Republican voter base, whose interests are represented by Trump and conservative members of Congress, feel overlooked by actions McConnell supports. According to Scott, uh, voters demand a decisive approach to border security that aligns more closely with the conservative agenda, rather than measures that would grant Biden administrative administration a political victory. Despite these intra-party disagreements, a bipartisan group of senators has been attempting to negotiate terms that would combine funding for Ukraine with support systems for Israel and Taiwan. They believe that their comprehensive legislation could pass through both chambers if a consensus on border policies is reached. The GOP is uh, facing internal divisions on the subject of funding for Ukraine, with a substantial group pushing for continued support, while another section staunchly opposes it. Trump has been notable in advocating against the border compromise, citing what he perceives as inadequate protections. Scott's stance resonates with Trump's position and uh, broader conservative skepticism over the current administration's capacity to effectively manage border issues. However, Scott has dismissed suggestions that his criticism stems solely from Trump's influence, uh, positioning border security as a standalone priority. The ongoing public discord between Scott and McConnell have been evident since Scott's tenure as National Republican Senatorial Committee Chairman. The two party leaders have held con conflicting outlooks on the best strategies to regain control of the Senate. The debate continues as GOP lawmakers wrestle with various opinions about their rank, about how they best to address the border security, foreign aid, and internal coherence on policy issues. Well, right now they're thinking about uh, why don't we just limit. Uh, the number of people coming across the border illegally to 5,000 a day. You know, that might have been a discussion we could have had a couple of years ago, but right now you take a look at what's happening, at, uh, especially in American cities, and you see it uh, in, for example, 40,000 migrants, illegal immigrants in Denver, with a, which is a town of 700,000 people. They can't handle it. And for that reason, uh, we just need to shut down the border now we need to uh, hold uh, Biden accountable, just like Alejandro Mayorkas 
are for the crisis that we have on the border right now. So that's what's happening on the border. Tech, uh, stocks fell yesterday after the Fed held interest rates steady, but indicated that rate cuts might not be coming soon. Tech stocks in particular had a rough one, given that NASDAQ its worst day since October of uh, 2023. So uh, right now the futures, I guess, are kind of even or kind of, uh, uh, well, they're not up, they're not down, they're mixed. <clears throat> In another story here that involves Florida, U.S. District Court Judge Alan Windsor uh, issued an opinion dismissing the federal case Disney brought against the governor DeSantis. This really finally ends Disney's futile attempts to control its own uh, special government and receive benefits not available to other businesses in the state. It's about time this came to an end. Hopefully, uh, should demonstrate a little more gratitude to the state of Florida for what they've done for them and, uh, you know, perhaps worry about fixing their own shop and getting things in order because right now there's they've got a lot of problems at Disney. Well, top tech executives appeared before the Senate Judiciary Committee yesterday and uh, they, in a tense hearing with parents and families of victims sitting in the room, senators grilled executives from Meta, uh, X, Discord, Snap, and TikTok claiming they neglected to protect children from exploitation. It was great because Senator Hawley was just calling out these executives and uh, uh, actually had CEO, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg, he stood up, turned around to face the family of victims and say, I'm sorry for everything that you've been through. No one should have to go through these things. Your families have suffered, Zuckerberg added that the company's investing in efforts to prevent further harm to children. But critics say these proposals, proposed changes just aren't enough. So uh, perhaps getting held to account, I'm not sure anything is going to come of this, but nevertheless, it's good that, to know that and in the, in the public eye that uh, these social media companies are harming children. There's some proposals to perhaps uh, forbid, well, right here in Florida, forbid children from... Uh, being exposed to social media until they're 16 years of age. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Keith Lowe, co-founder of the Florida Citizens Alliance. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. And now serving dinner... 
4 to 8 p.m. Wednesdays through Saturdays, a terrific menu. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Tim Garrett, candidate for Cuyahoga County Supervisor of Elections. Tim's a 33-year resident of Cuyahoga County, a military veteran, a retired sheriff's officer, and a graduate of the FBI National Academy. He stands for Safe, Secure, Ethical Elections in Cuyahoga County. Vote for Tim Garrett and check out his website, votefortimgarrett.com. Paid for by Tim Garrett, Republican for Collier County Supervisor of Elections. We have with us Keith Flaw, co-founder and CEO of the Florida Citizens Alliance. Keith, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Keith. Tell us about the Florida Citizens Alliance. I'm happy to. Yeah, Florida Citizens Alliance, uh, we're now about 10 years, maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, we focus on K-12 through education, and uh, to us that means uh, you know, Strongly supporting parents' rights, uh, school choice without government intervention. Um, we've got school choice, but lots of government intervention that we'd like to see not there. And uh, also trying to get rid of the indoctrination and the pornography that's in our schools. GoFLCA.org is the website, GoFLCA. And I'll just speak from my personal experience. I was a founding member of the Florida Citizens Alliance back over a decade ago, just a little over a decade ago. And the strides that this organization has made in order to improve education and public education in Florida has been astounding, uh, much because of the work of uh, Keith Law and co-founder uh, Pastor Rick Stevens. So I just really encourage you to visit goflca.org. So, Keith, you're, I think, going into the fourth legislative week uh, this week. Uh, or Any update on the legislation that's pending for public education? Yeah, there's a, a, a number of things that are good and some things that aren't moving, um, which is a surprise. Um, we're actually finishing up week four, so there's uh, only uh, a little over four weeks to go. Mm. Um, so uh, we, we've got a, 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 some good things happening. Uh, House Bill 1, which is the, um, the, the bill that... Uh, social media for minors bill that would prevent 
uh, prohibit minors under the age of 16 from being on any social media platform uh, has passed the House along with its kind of companion bill, House Bill 3. And uh, I'm hearing from our uh, sources uh, in the leadership in the Senate that it, it will pass. Wow. Uh, we'll keep it. Well, it's not done yet, so we'll keep our fingers crossed it doesn't get watered down in any way. But that's a really good bill in our opinion. You know, like it, it rides on the back of the hearing yesterday. Meta and the other executives from these uh, social media uh, platforms, uh, actually, uh, Zuckerberg actually stood up and apologized to parents for the harm that his company has done uh, to his children. So I, I think this is a perfect timing for the bill that you're talking about. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, there, are, there, are, there are parents and lots of others who think that uh, it, you know, parents ought to have the right to, uh, to give their consent for under age 16, but um, yeah, I, we don't support that. I mean, the best analogy I can give you is uh, your driver's license. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's a hard stop. You're 16 or, or you don't get a driver's license. Uh, if uh, you as a parent decided your precocious 12-year-old uh, should, should drive and the rest of the kids in the neighborhood can't think of the chaos you'd have. Yeah. So uh, it, it really is about protecting our kids. Um, you know, suicide rates are up dramatically. Um, Isolation. There's just so many yeah. negative effects of uh, social right. media right now, and they've been proven to be documented. So until they've addressed these issues, uh, I think this is a good law. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, the uh, other good thing, uh, we talked about it last week, we've been fighting to keep the Hope Scholarship from, uh, after uh, thinking it was dead in the, in the House, uh, in its third and final committee, and then to the House floor, we got it back in. And yesterday, two days ago, the Senate uh, heard uh, that bill that had passed the House and uh, in its first committee, and the Hope Scholarship is still in. So that's it's, not, it's not done yet, but uh, that's a good sign. Uh, we, we were uh, watching closely to make sure there weren't some amendments to take that out, and it didn't happen, so that's good. Excellent. So some other good things going on. Um, the, the, the flag bill is moving in the Senate, uh, which uh, would prevent any flags other than, um, you know, the, the American flag and, and state flag on government agencies, which would prohibit all of this rainbow flag stuff. And uh, so uh, that's passed its first committee in the, in the Senate. So hmm. I expect it now to be moving in the House. Um, uh, like I said, there's still time, uh, mm -hmm. but it needs to get moving. So those are some good things going on. Um, we'll be back up there. We have a full-time um, policy advocacy guy. I think he's been on your show once or twice, Ryan Kennedy, and he's doing a great job. So uh, it takes a little bit of the load off Pastor Rick and I to be up there every week. Absolutely. Well, uh, all of this costs money, and uh, I know that you use it, watch every t farthing that comes through the till very carefully. You've got a couple of ev events coming up. Yeah, actually, the first one's a free event. Uh, you interviewed uh, Kevin Friedman on your show, uh, Pirate Money, right. um, Safe Money Act. We're going to have him here in Naples uh, on February 10th at the Alamo upstairs at the pres Presidential Lounge. Uh, limited to 75 people, so uh, you know, go register and do it quickly because that'll fill up. It's, it's already beginning to fill up. So, um, But that's um, the whole concept of, of Florida 
creating a, a gold depository, gold and silver depository, and then giving you a credit card to be able to fractionally spend that gold and silver. So there's, it's, uh, you know, if you think about what the central bank digital currency is, is, is it, it, what's coming to us with that from the feds, this is our way to fight that. So well, I mean, and, and the threat of a digital currency becomes then uh, this whole idea to control, social control of how you're spending your money. <clears throat> That's a real threat. And, uh, Kevin's concept of uh, Kevin Freeman's concept in pirate money to protect uh, Floridians, and this is something that's spreading all over the United States. But we can have our own state currency by way of this uh, this concept and uh, prevent uh, the intrusion of the federal government in our in, uh, in our lives. Yeah, it's not a silver bullet, but it certainly is a way for us to fight. And if multiple states do this, it's a very in my opinion, it's a great way to fight what the feds are trying to do here. So Absolutely. Uh, that's February 10th, uh, uh, 10 to 12 in the morning on Saturday. So it doesn't screw up your whole weekend. And we really encourage you folks to come. Uh, Kevin will have his books there. You can get a signed book and uh, hear all about it. So please come. Uh, second event is our big annual gala. It's our fifth uh, with Dinesh D'Souza and Kanye Boyack from the Tuttle Twins. That's on March 13th. Um, that's going to be at the Ritz on the beach. Um, we really encourage people to come. And, uh, for those of you that are out there that are followers of, uh, Alfie Oaks, uh, he's giving a hundred dollar gift certificate to anybody who buys a ticket, uh, for this event. So, Fabulous. um, that's, uh, Alfie's been a big supporter and, uh, this is a great way for, for you all to experience, uh, Dinesh D'Souza and Kanye Boyack. So please come. Terrific event, and I would encourage our listeners to go to goflca.org, goflca.org, in order to get tickets, find out more information about what's coming up uh, uh, on Saturday at the uh, Alamo. Uh, again, Keith, you're, you're doing terrific. You're doing God's work. I just really appreciate your efforts and everything that's happening. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, thank you, Bob. You and your listeners have a great weekend. You as well. Thank you, Keith. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the uh, Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. You have questions about your retirement? 
Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to visit with a senior economist from the Competitive Enterprise Institute, Ryan Young. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and publisher of his, of uh, I should say, uh, excuse me, less government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. So, um, uh, off air, you'd mentioned that you're seeing some interesting uh, movements within the stock market and behavior of the market. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, not about the market, about the coverage of the market. Huh. Of course, I watch CNBC every morning, and what I've noticed, is, of course, what do these entities exist to do? They exist to keep the con going, which is, Send your money into our rigged market and keep it coming. Don't stop. No matter what you see, no matter what's happening, don't stop. And, of course, what we've, the reason it's been so good the last several years is because we've been printing trillions of dollars and handing it to Wall Street. Right. And so that's inflated the entire market. Well, as things dried up in the economy, and despite what the media reports, the economy's not very good at all uh, from a fundamental standpoint. Um, as things dried up, the, the coverage became of the Magnificent Seven, and they're mostly big tech companies. Right. You know, Meta, which is Facebook's uh, uh, parent company, Alphabet, which is Google's you know, parent company, and these seven stocks have basically carried the entire market. Right. They've gone up enough to offset the lack, the lackluster growth or no growth or losses of the entire rest of the NASDAQ and the, and the Dow and, and, and the S&P. Yeah. So now here's the fun, because people like, I'm a total bear, and I've been, I've been predicting a, uh, you know, the, the, remember they were, we were trying to negotiate a soft landing mm-hmm. from our idiotic spending spree, which caused the idiotic inflation, which the Federal Reserve then idiotically responded to way too late because they said it was transitory when anybody with an IQ above nine on a warm day knew it wasn't transitory because they just printed three and a half trillion dollars or whatever that it was. And so now they're trying to negotiate the soft landing, which is they beat the he- economy over the head with interest rate hikes. And then hope it doesn't cause a recession because yeah. they're shrinking the economy. And I've been saying there's going to be a huge recession. Um, I'm also pretty, I also think it's going to be there's going to be a crash th- this year that makes 2008 look like a you know blip on the radar. Huh. 
Because what happens is what the U.S. has done, we have a crash, and then rather than letting the suckers hit rock bottom and clear out the suckers and fix what was broken that caused the crash, we've papered it over with government money. Yeah. So each crash that we have is bigger than the last because we didn't fix anything. And we had the 2000 tech bubble. I'm going back in time now because, you know, I'm getting, I'm old and I can remember these things. We had the 2000 tech bubble. We didn't fix anything. So then we had the 2008 housing market crash. We didn't fix anything. In fact, I think the total bailout all into the big banks was in the neighborhood of $27 trillion. Wow. So we didn't fix them. We didn't break up the big banks. We passed Dodd-Frank, which the big banks wrote, which made them 50% bigger and killed thousands of their small competitors. So we further consolidated the marketplace rather than expanding it and then diversifying it. And... So because we didn't fix anything, the, the 2008 crash was bigger than 2000, and this one's going to be bigger than all of it because the fundamentals in more than one sector, there was a 2000 tech bubble, it was a 2008 housing market. Well, that kind of corruption and bad practices are exist throughout the market, and it's going to hit the whole market. And we, I think we're poised this year to have all of that come home to roost and it, it, it's just so funny. This week, I'm watching, and then that you know they they they've blown up and, and hawked the Magnificent Seven because they've been carrying the market. Well, now the Magnificent Seven are down. Yeah, and you know, you're... and so all the stories, <clears throat> all the stories this week are. This is how the market can go up, even though the Magnificent Seven. Well, the market hasn't gone up without the Magnificent Seven in two and a half years. That's right. And I mean... now they're trying to sell you. Keep sending them, sending us your money even though nothing's going up. <laughs> well, you know, you're not alone in, in your thoughts and predictions about this. I talked with uh, a guy who is, used to be a member of the uh, Barron's Roundtable, very bright guy and extreme fun to talk to, but uh, you know, he's very dour on what's going to happen. And he predicts exactly what you're saying, that we're going to see a tremendous drop in, in stock values and uh, recession uh, coming up at the at the end of the year. Now, nobody knows for sure what's going to actually happen, but all the things that you're saying that are indicators are absolutely true. Uh, the fact of the matter is the tech sector was up in the S&P 500. Uh, the other 10 sectors, or nine sectors, I should say, are down. They, they haven't advanced yeah. one bit. So the market is reflecting, aside from the tech sector, uh, that things are not going as well as uh, we had well, hoped. And plus, we're going we're gonna to run out of the printed money in, the, in about the middle of the year, probably around the summertime. Yeah. And when that happens, oh, and let's, let's throw in one other factor, which is the BRICS nations, Brazil, uh, Russia, I think, uh, India, China Chile. and South Africa, yeah, uh, Italy, Italy. Sorry, um, and, well, they added eight new countries on January first. Right. So the BRICS BRICS Plus now represents forty two percent of the global economy. And the, the 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 are you familiar with the Emperor's New Clothes? The old. Oh, table? of course. <laughs> Basically, what happens is these con men show up, tell the emperor we make the most amazing clothes which you have to be a man of distinction and intelligence to see the clothes. Yeah. And then the emperor, gives, you know, everyone around the emperor, oh my goodness, you look fantastic. Meanwhile, he's standing there in his underwear. And then he goes out on parade, and finally, everyone's trying to keep their mouth shut, and finally some kid in the crowd goes, but he's naked. Yeah, he well, doesn't have any clothes US on. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it is going to be close on. That's the U.S. dollar. The only reason our phony dollar is is still propped up is because the world uses it as its global currency. Yeah. Well, now you've got forty two percent of the economy represented in BRICS plus, and they're at some point, very very soon, going to say we're not using the dollar anymore. We're either making a new currency, or we're going to use the Chinese yuan or something like you know the India whatever the India. Or, or create a new currency. And they've, you know, uh, these countries are buying up gold around the world like there's no tomorrow. So, uh, they're that's right. And that's a hedge against the globe. That's a hedge against the crap dollar that's being used the global currency. Yeah. And you want to you want to talk about a rapid descent into oblivion is when a large percentage of the global economy says we're not using the dollar anymore well and that's that's, that's really going on you know seton i hope you're wrong but <laughs> there's a lot of evidence that demonstrates that you are right so in any other words i appreciate your commentary on this i want to encourage our listeners to go to your website lessgovernment.org lessgovernment.org seton always appreciate your commentary here on the show thank you so much for joining us Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, coming up, Ryan Young. He is a senior economist with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, 
Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get some tickets to some great upcoming performances. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Right now we have with us Ryan Young. Ryan is a senior economist with the Competitive Enterprise Institute. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Ryan. Tell us about the Competitive Enterprise Institute. We are a think tank based up in Washington, D.C., and we focus on all things regulation, uh, whether it's financial regulation, energy regulation, labor. Um, We have a suite of policy scholars who publish, testify, and litigate on behalf of economic freedom. Terrific organization. I encourage our listeners to visit CEI. Dot org, CEI.org. So, Ryan, uh, yesterday the Fed decided to keep interest rates as they are. A little bit of a warning from the uh, saying that, uh, you know, interest rates are not going to go down as quickly as perhaps some might imagine. Marcus didn't respond too favorably to that. I just wanted to get your thoughts on what this might mean for the economy. Are we going to have a soft landing? And, uh, you know, all the questions. What are your thoughts? I think we've already had the soft landing. Right now, the question is if we're going to stick that landing. We got some good news last week with GDP. For context, for the last century, average growth has been 2%. The third quarter last year was almost 5%, more than double. And then the number that just came out now for fourth quarter, including the holiday shopping season, 3.3%. Also very good compared to that 2% average. Uh, Unemployment's been below 4%. For about two years now, we're basically at full employment, so you have strong growth, strong labor markets. The Fed can pretty much do whatever it wants for, for interest rates without worrying about sparking a recession. Mm. Um, the question for the Fed now is credibility. At some point, uh, the economy is not going to be in such great shape, and then what's going to happen? The reason we got into this inflation mess in the first place is because the Fed panicked during mm. COVID. They way overdid the stimulus, grew the money supply by about $5 trillion dollars, and that's what got us into the mess in the first place. They mm. fixed it, but the question is, will it stay fixed? So interesting. I, and this is part my mental map, I'm sure. that. But, uh, can you trust the numbers that you just quoted about the economy and GDP? I have an old saying that decimal points are just proof that economists do, in fact, have a sense of humor. <laughs> that's good. I, I like that. But, uh, you know, there's it, it, the numbers don't make any sense to me in so many different ways. I mean, how, how can you uh, how can you have the, uh, the low, low uh, unemployment the way we do right now? Given all the things that are happening in the economy, you're seeing these layoffs with uh, big tech, uh, layoffs of many companies around the United States, and yet uh, the, the numbers continue to be extremely positive. Well, it turns out the labor market actually has a lot of churn. And by the way, I don't take decimal points that seriously, but the big picture, they're accurate enough for, yes, you can tell if the economy is doing really well or not. Um, But we're talking about layoffs, and in an average month, there are more than a million layoffs Mm. across the country. Mm. Um, More than 50 million, more than 30 million people change jobs in an average year. That's a lot, but that's because people change jobs. There's a whole lot of churn. And especially at small and medium businesses, job creation right now is outpacing a lot of the layoffs that we're seeing with Microsoft and other big tech companies. So uh, there's always churn happening, but the net effect right now is good. You know, one statistic I saw, I think this came from the uh, 
uh, committed to unleash prosperity is that uh, while we're seeing a job growth, uh, unfortunately, most of it is coming from government. Yes, that is also a factor. And I've been saying that the long run, the only long run cure for inflation is fiscal and monetary restraint. Mm-hmm. The Fed needs to not grow the money supply. Congress needs to not spend as much as they are. If they hold steady, we'll be okay on inflation. But even then, we have serious long-term fiscal problems from debt and from excessive government spending. So do you have a a thought or an opinion about uh, the proposals right now, continuing resolutions that are being proposed and uh, how we can help stem the tide of growing debt? I mean, uh, right now, Speaker Johnson, I think, is trying to get back to regular order and and have uh, uh, budgets for each silo right now in the government. But uh, what are your thoughts? Oh, the process is broken. Um, The real problem actually doesn't get touched by the standard budget process, and that's the over $100 trillion of unfunded debt we have coming from Social Security and Medicare alone. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a broken budget process, and Speaker Johnson is having a heck of a time trying to deal with that. Uh, We haven't passed a regular budget in several years now, and then the piecemeal CRs we have every couple of months just aren't going to cut it. Uh, we need a better system, and more frankly, we need entitlement reforms so that way this great American experiment that we've embarked can continue for at least another generation or two. I think when you listen to uh, uh, President Donald Trump, uh, he su- I think he's suggesting that we can grow our way out of the problem with these entitlement programs like Social Security. Any thoughts on that? Growth is not enough. It can help. So his basic insight is correct. But when you're talking 3%, 4% annual growth during a really good sustained boom versus $100 trillion of debt that's growing every year, that's not enough growth. The math just doesn't work for that. Are we stuck with inflation? In other words, uh, right now, I think our our GDP to debt ratio is about 120%. Uh, one of the ways to solve that is just to have continuing inflation to <laughs> to to uh, um, bring down the uh, the level of debt compared to GDP. What are your thoughts? Yeah, that's the most common cure. If uh, you don't have enough dollars, rather than have true growth, just use the printing press. That's what Argentina's done for years and years, and we see the price they've paid. And now they're going to see just how difficult reform really is. Yeah. So what are we going to do? Then? What, what would be, if you were the, calling the shots, what would be the best course of action right now to get our economy and keep it on track? Well, no more big stimulus packages. Um, the, what caused the inflation in the first place was a panic during a crisis. So I would put in place rules for the Federal Reserve. Instead of having unlimited discretion to do what they want, um, they, have, they should key all of their monetary actions to what the real economy is doing swift stable prices. The Fed is just not equipped for stimulus. There are other areas of the economy, such as entrepreneurship and private aid, that are better equipped. So have a rule so the Fed can't panic. And then do the same thing for Congress so they can't panic and pass multi-trillion dollar bills during a crisis. And Ryan Young, a senior economist with the Competitive Enterprise Institute, CEI.org is the website. I encourage you to check it out. Ryan, I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. All right, coming up, the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show 
here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in their elected offices. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. We have with us the former mayor of Naples, Bill Barnett. Bill, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Bob, my pleasure, as always, on a cool Thursday morning. It is cool. <laughs> hey, Bill, you know, I, today is kind of a watershed day for the elections coming up. Uh, for I guess it's in March that we're going to have the city elections. Yes, March 19th is the, uh, is the big day, which is a presidential primary also. So maybe we'll get some people out there uh, to vote because that's the big thing. You know, last the last election, you know, with COVID and, and everything else, people just never went out to vote. Yeah. Um, but this year, I think I, I expect a good turnout down here in the city. We've got lots, lots going on. And uh, today is, as I say, the, the forum tonight, League of Women Voters, which is always a, um, a, a good forum. I think it's from 5 p.m. till 8. And you can sit at home and watch it on TV, which is nice. Um, and that's on the government channel. I think it's 98 or 97, something like that. But you can you can definitely find it. But, um, you know, I, I was going to ask you a question. Um, uh, curious to hear what your answer is. You know, they throw around, uh, Heitman, Mayor Heitman especially, is now throwing out on her brochures, you know, big developers are giving Gary Price all the money and whatever it is. Bob, do you, do you know what, uh, and, and I've been puzzling with this with, with my wife, Chris, for the last couple of days. What, what is a big developer to you? 
I mean, would a big developer be like when we got here in 1973, someone that put up a strip mall, would, would that be a big developer? Would someone who builds a golf course be a big developer? Would the people that, that built um, those nice condos on Fifth Avenue South that people live in be a big developer? What, what, what's your, develop, what's your, your, your definition of a big developer? Well, you know, it's, that's a great question, and uh, I'm a little bit on my heels because it depends yeah. on the definition of big, doesn't it? Uh, but uh, right. anybody who's putting his capital on the line, is buying up properties, uh, building something, especially on spec, it's, you know, they're putting it all on the line, quite frankly. And uh, right. I, I, you know, I guess anybody who has an influence on the, on the, a landscape of the city probably would be a big developer or anywhere. I mean, they, you know, they, the people, yeah, Gulf Shore, well, Gulf Shore Playhouse would certainly be built by a big developer, right, Bob? I mean, come on. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you know, that's the thing and they're using it and they use it every campaign. And I started thinking about it the other day and I'm thinking, what, what, what is a big developer? Um, the, the big developers are, are have built the home that, that you live in, perhaps. Right. Uh, um, uh, you know, and I think it's something that needs to be um, that needs to be clarified. But nobody seems to be able to clarify it. I'd like to ask some of the uh, ones that are throwing that around. Well, could you please explain in your own words what what is a big developer to you? Well, what, the, are they the, doing, the, what are they doing to hurt us? Yeah. The other the other thing is. Uh, and I think you just made the point is in many cases they're demonizing big developers and as if they're right. taking advantage of us or doing something mean to the city. Uh, right. And, or anywhere. And, right. Uh, you know, I'm not sure that's totally fair at all because we have laws and we have rules about what you can do in the city of Naples and in Collier County. So, right. It, you know, we have a process to manage all of that. That's that's exactly right. We do, and yet they make it sound like it's the worst thing in the world. And yet, half of us wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a developer, right? Okay, you know, leave the word big out of there. You know, that build our homes and our places to work and eat and everything else. Uh, and uh, uh, it's you know, it's developers that are you know they they throw that word big in there and then puts the fear of God in people. Well, absolutely. So, well, you know, we live we live in a, a building that was built by WCI. Right. WCI went bankrupt. I mean, it, our <laughs> our building is fantastic. I really love where we live right here. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, they're at risk. I mean, they're they're doing out there taking risk in order to make a profit. Number one, but also to beautify and improve the city and and the situation for people who live on the Paradise Coast. Right. Right. I think we need to start preaching that because, uh, you know, with this campaign coming up and. You know, I just happened to I, I happened to catch that um, uh, that that brochure she sent out to the, that big developers are sending all their money to Gary Price, and that's why he's got so much. That's why he's got so much money, and that's just so much nonsense. The people that have, have are supporting Gary and some of the other candidates that we've been to some of the uh, 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 events that they've had, the meet and greets that they've had, and. Uh, um, you know, it's it's just such nonsense. Uh, if, if I want to give, if I'm uh, um, a wealthy, if I'm a wealthy person, which I'm not, and I wanted to give my money, and there's a maximum you can give to someone anyway. But because a lot of people are doing it, they she has to she's looking for an excuse or a reason, you know, to blame his popularity right. uh, on 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 what's going on. So. 
Um, I think it's scared tactics, uh, uh, honestly. But uh, absolutely. Well, I will say this. Uh, I admire Gary Price. He's been a great uh, city councilman for years. He's uh, Whenever he speaks, everybody is silent and listening because what he says has some degree of importance and wisdom involved in it. So he will make a fantastic mayor. I totally support Gary Price. Would love him. And it would be a big upgrade from where we're standing right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... That, that's for sure, Bob. But uh, anyway, it's shaping up, and uh, uh, each week we're, as we get closer, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be more out there. But uh, the election is definitely, there's no more people can sign up. And uh, next week, remind me, I'll, I'll, I, I got something in the mail I have to, have to read to you next week that you'll like to get a big chuckle out of. So, uh, Perfect. But before uh, I let you go, can, can you tell us about the format of today's, of uh, this evening's pro- program? Yeah. Sure, real quick. They what they they'll do is they'll they'll have each candidate speak for X minutes. I, I, I don't know exactly what the minute thing is, but it's usually like two minute opening or one minute opening, explain about themselves. Um, and uh, then they will um, have questions that are pre pre uh, set by the league, and they will ask each candidate. I think they might do the mayoral candidates first, which would be nice, mm-hmm. and then. Um, the regular, uh, regular than the city council candidates, and they'll go. They'll have quite a few rounds uh, of questions, and the candidates will answer them. Um, and then at the end, they'll have uh, probably a two-minute closing each. But it turns out to be a pretty good uh, uh, event. Always has, and they will take questions from the audience. I believe they'll pass out sheets of paper, and you fill out your question for whomever you want it to be. And if they if the moderator, whoever looks at it, says, "Yeah, I'll ask this," so it's their choice. You know, they're not gonna they're they're just gonna try not to embarrass, um, you know, yeah. so or ostracize the candidate. So uh, that that's the way it goes. And as I say, if you don't want to go out and try and get a seat down there, which will be difficult, uh, you can watch it on TV. Yeah, and I'll say also that uh, for years I've been watching the Naples elections. I can't vote in Naples. I'm a uh, uh, resident of Collier County and in the unincorporated Collier County. But uh, if you can vote in Naples, please make an effort to do so. When I watch the results of these elections, you see that many times a candidate will win by 150 votes. I mean, it, it is right, a very thin right. margin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we'll, we'll, everybody's going to be doing their best to get the people out to vote and uh, uh, no excuses this year. Yeah. So, and, and there's still more events coming up and more forums and whatever. So people can certainly get themselves educated uh, about the candidates. Bill, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. Have a good week. And stay warm out there today. You as well. Thank you, Bill. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to visit with uh, William Yateman, Senior Legal Fellow with the Pacific Legal Foundation. Uh, Larry Bell is endowed professor at the University of Houston. He'll be joining us as well. I always appreciate your comments on the show. You can send me an email at bobharden at hotmail.com. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com.